Hello, and welcome to another episode of Alcoholitics. I am your host, Terrain Myricks. I am joined by my co-host, Katrina Myricks. Katrina, how are you? Good. How you doing? I'm doing okay. You, you, you okay? You sound like you're a little bit tired or not feeling so well. I'm alright. You're alright? Do you want to tell everybody what we did this weekend? I guess it wasn't really it on the wasn't weekend, weekend it wasn't. No. It was on Wednesday. Tuesday into Wednesday. Tuesday into Wednesday. Wednesday, July 17th, my 28th birthday. You're so old. I'm, hey, what the fuck? No, I'm super young. Nah. I'll be young forever. Mm. What the fuck, dude? Say that I'm going to be young forever. I'm going to be 30. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. Okay, well, <laughs> what, did, what did we do? We went to Baltimore. That's, that's And we cool. saw Hamilton. Did you have a good time? I did. Though those seats were very cramped. So we went to the Hippodrome in Baltimore, which was a super cool, like the set for the for the musical itself. Oh, it was awesome. Was and the, the like roof of the theater was really beautiful. Was incredible. The seats were terrible. And yeah. I'm not talking about like our seats in the sense that like where we were sitting, but just the seats overall. Yeah, I because they made it seemed like they made the theater so that they can fit the maximum amount of people that they could possibly yeah. fit in a theater yeah. at expense of everyone's knees. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm five six and my seats were jammed right into the seat in front of me. So anybody taller is having a real bad time. Yeah, and I'm five ten according to my driver's license. So um. I was having a lot of trouble with those seats <laughs> as well. <laughs> it's, yeah. It says it on my fucking. Dr- it's true. Five ten. Uh-huh. Stop it. Anyway, but no. But the, the so the sitting down was pretty hard. Like just trying to like. But stay once comfortable. once the show was in, I I was okay. The was show in. was incredible. Yeah, it was really awesome. It was everything you'd want in a show. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Katrina, you cried how like a lot. Right? Oh yeah, I cried a lot. You cried like this was like the, terrain like, level second end half game of the tears. Second act, I cried like the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> this is terrain level end game tears. I think my favorite part was that the guy sitting next to me had never like heard any Hamilton songs before. He had no idea what he was getting into. He didn't even know who Alexander Hamilton was. I don't know about that, <laughs> um, but he. He also cried, like, Aww. and he was like a middle-aged dude, like, not the typical crying kind of guy. And I, I heard middle-aged him men can't cry. It's not what you would normally expect. Just wait until I become middle-aged. I mean, you didn't cry, which was weird. I because I think I desensitized myself to it by playing it a billion times. In fact, I listened to it at work before we went to Baltimore that day, mm-hmm. so that I was prepared. I was, but I also had to like you know not rap along or sing along to any of the songs right and i didn't so i was a good audience member in not annoying the piss out of everybody that was in the, that was there yeah yeah that's a good thing yeah but oh my god that was an incredible show mm-hmm. and i would like to say right now thank you so much that was the best birthday present that i could possibly ask for and I I'm never going to top it, so don't ever not, expect anything like that well, again. <laughs> on my 30th birthday, when we do that roast, you can top it by just straight wrecking me out of the rest. Sure. <laughs> just straight. I'm not normally allowed to be mean to you on your birthday, though. No, no, it's 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 a roast birthday, so you get to be mean to me the entire day. <laughs> the entire day, you get to just throw fucking fireballs at me. Fun. It's going to be a good time. For your birthday, what are we doing? 
Going to the Renaissance Fair. You excited for that? Oh, yeah. I'm, Are you? You know, I'm. It's look, I'm excited because it's going to be your birthday and I want you to have fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to dress up. Are you? I'm going to dress up. I don't know if you should do that. I'm going to wear my, uh, I'm going to wear my uh, revolutionary cologne, like, you know, my revolutionary costume. Hmm. Um, so I'll be, you So Terrain's going to die of heat stroke on yep. my birthday. Yeah, that's not false. <laughs> <laughs> so if you find out that I'm dead in August, it's because of that. Speaking of heat, it is fucking hot. Yeah. It is incredibly hot. You know that's what's really weird? Hot. I haven't heard any idiots come out and say, you know how you know how when it's like really, really cold, you Throw have the president on. you have the president or some of his dumbass lackeys come out and they're like, Oh, where's global warming when you need it? Oh, this is the hot we had the hottest June on record ever mm-hmm. in the history of time. Yeah, we couldn't really <laughs> explore Baltimore. Like we wanted to, just because no. it was so yeah. stinking hot. But we we got couldn't. To, we walk a, walking a couple blocks was hell. We walked to a restaurant from our from our uh, hotel. We walked to a restaurant. Yeah, that was like five blocks away. Yeah, <laughs> and we were drenched. And we were drenched in sweat. Yeah, and then we walked back to our restaurant to drop the leftovers off, back and then to walked hotel. to the theater. Back to the yeah the uh, hotel to drop the leftovers off, and then. Walk to the theater, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I never want to walk again. It's so hot, but we walked yeah. back from the theater as well. Yeah, because it wasn't as bad at night, I guess. Not as bad, no. Still not good, but. Plus, there was no chance of us getting a ride because no. everybody was getting a ride. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we had a chance of getting a ride, but the problem is, I just traffic was bad. Yeah. So I don't want to. Not at night, but like traffic was still not cool in Baltimore. So I don't really want someone driving me around in that. We can make it alive ourselves. (laughs) Also, a definite plus of the trip was Cheesecake Factory. Oh my... Yeah, for sure. If you have the opportunity to go to the Cheesecake Cheesecake Factory, go. Or do what we do and get a door dashed to your room. (laughs) Um, Get a 7-inch cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. That shit was so good and delicious it was so good and i'm like there's no way i didn't gain 40 pounds just from the cheesecake itself yeah probably yeah but it was i mean it was good mm-hmm. and then it'll make me feel good when i lose those 40 pounds you're like mm, <laughs> i did it <laughs> i made it um so how about we get the show started Did we get the show started yeah, yeah. so i would like to start the show with a with a segment that i, I we did uh i did before when i was a solo host um and uh, I just wanted to do the segment really quickly. Uh, the segment's called, Hey, Shut Your Fucking Mouth. And for this segment, I, I would like to talk about Rand Paul. Rand Paul is a senator from Kentucky. Uh, he is a libertarian Republican. Ugh. And <laughs> Rand Paul, just for the love of goodness... Shut your fucking mouth. Rand Paul decided to be the sole voice to stop a unanimous vote to extend the fund for 9-11 first responders. Permanently. Permanently. Mm -hmm. Uh, You saw that Jon Stewart had pushed that bill um, in, uh, in Congress to an all, like, to a very, you know, not filled room. Mm-hmm. Um, he chastised them for that. Uh, you also saw that uh, it, it, it passed the House, went to the Senate. Kirsten Gillibrand wanted it to be a unanimous consent mm-hmm. because why the fuck shouldn't it? They are 
the people who went in on 9-11 to help people. So explain to me how Rand Paul can actually hold this up. He can't hold it up, hold it up in the sense That's that... That's what he's doing. He, yes. It... <laughs> The the thing is, if it would have went through you know, with a unanimous consent, it would have been like perfectly fine. And I then we would now I think if it when it comes up for a vote, mm-hmm. it will pass overwhelmingly. But he wanted to. Uh, he said that we shouldn't pass this um, outright without a debate because it's a spending bill, and with a spending bill, we need to make sure that we have offsetting cuts to make sure that we don't. Uh, overwhelm the debt and the deficit. Mm. He's a deficit hawk when it comes to 9-11 first responders. Hey, quick question. Um, Did he have these kinds of feelings when he voted for that fucking tax cut? Of course not. No! That wasn't... The, the debt and the deficit were not on his mind when he decided to cut, ta- t- cut taxes for the richest among us. That's because he doesn't actually care about the debt and the deficit. He just cares about cutting spending for... People who need that fucking spending. People he doesn't like. Rich people, yeah. They're cool. They're cool. So, and that's honestly my big problem with libertarianism as a whole, Mm -hmm. where it's literally like, they just, just so... He like that, that that him doing that is soulless. It yeah. is soulless. It is fucking crazy how he just doesn't see these people as people, and he sees it more as an economic issue. And we can't have more spending without cutting some of the spending we have. Fuck you. Fuck you. We have the ability to cut taxes for the richest among us. We should have the ability to take care of these fucking first responders. This is a no-brainer. And you are a fucking callous monster for not fucking... Anyway, shut your fucking mouth, Rand Paul. I feel better now. (laughs) So, how about we talk about... um, the story that's been dominating the news, the uh, president is a racist. No, seriously, this time he's really a racist. I know before he was also racist, and we're probably sick of hearing about how he's a racist, but seriously, this stuff's really racist, what he said. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I don't... We talked about this on the last show. Because and it was racist think, last show as well. Yeah, I don't think we realized what this was going to turn into. No. Um... Because because it's, he's always racist. Exactly. So it's not like like it's it's so bad, but we are like kind of I don't want to say how do I say this? Desensitized. Numb? Yeah, we're desensitized yeah. to the fact that this guy just goes out on a regular basis and it just is super racist. Yeah. And says super racist stuff. And we're just like, oh cool. I mean, we know. And then we go about our day. Right. And I don't quite understand why this ended up having the traction it did. Um, Because he went after the squad. What made this different than the other uh, racist attacks he's had? Because he went after the squad. I I don't think that's it. And we don't fuck with the squad. (laughs) (laughs) The the squad. The 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 squad's not gonna take that shit. The outrage in the media and the way the story lasted honestly confused me. Yeah? 
I don't know. It just seemed like we don't care about this sort of thing anymore. So why did we suddenly care now? I think it's possibly because, and this is just pure guessing on my part. I think it's possibly because he didn't just attack like random strangers that he doesn't like. Or just random citizens that he doesn't like, like as like a as like a large group, mm-hmm. uh, as he usually does. This time he singled out four women, four people of color, telling those four specifically to go back to their countries. Three of whom who were born here, and one of whom has been a citizen longer than his fucking wife has. <laughs> so I think maybe because they were members of Congress that you see a larger. Um, I guess, a larger media attack. And, and because they're the squad, I really, that's a crazy name. But because they're the squad, uh, it's going to get media coverage. It's They're, they're four po- like, um, popular members of Congress in their specific, in their own right. You know, they were, mm. they came in on the blue wave. Uh, they're, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez can spit and get a decent amount of media coverage from both sides. So, um, I think the media's like, this is gold, people are gonna watch this, let's do this. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, because it's not, it's not crazy different than all the other stuff he's doing. I mean, it's definitely not worse than what he's doing to migrants at the border. So no, it's like... it's not. It's I mean, not. kids in cages doesn't get as much outrage as this did. That fucking right, right? That's fucking crazy. It is children in cages, literally children in cages, and you see Republicans just straight up silent about it. Exactly. With this, there was a House resolution, and four Republicans. I didn't pull up the names. I'll pull up the names while we do this. Four Republicans and an independent, and an, and newly independent Justin Amash. <laughs> who declared his independence. By the way, Justin Amash, another libertarian Republican, who voted against 9-11 funding uh, permanence. And we Uh, talked about that, too. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, (laughs) Fuck that guy. I just don't care. I'm sorry. It's awesome that you grew a spine before the rest of them. Uh, Seriously, though, fuck you. Yeah, so the House Democrats put forth a resolution to condemn Trump's statements about the squad, Um, Where he told them to go back to their own country. Nancy Pelosi called him racist on the floor of the House, which garnered criticism from her Republican colleagues. Though it's, I mean, it's clearly racism. I don't know what they were getting up and on. Like, how else can you? Oh, oh, it's only xenophobic. It's not racist. What the fuck are you talking about? I think the reason there was like a big issue in the House, which albeit incredibly stupid, but there are specific rules as to how they can debate, right? Like, there are specific rules um, that the House has to follow, including no personal attacks. They're not allowed to um, do personal attacks on the House floor. Hmm. So they were state. They, I think, the argument that the that the Republicans um, that were up in arms about it. Were, where they were trying to say, oh, well, no, she's doing personal attacks against the president on the House floor, and that's not allowed. How is uh, a, It's not a personal attack if it's the fucking truth. How is putting a, um, what's the technical term for what they, uh, passing a resolution, resolution to condemn his remarks, not a personal attack. <laughs> they are attacking what he said. <laughs> like, that's, I don't know, that's 
stupid. It's yeah. The house rules are weird. Uh-huh. I think the house and the because like, we we still we have rules of I guess it's the decorum right where we're just like trying to it's a legislative body and it's not supposed to be a giant food fight and it's not supposed to be but honestly our politics is that yeah that's what our politics is outside of it outside of that building we are fucking savage we are heinous we gin up controversy by using racism as the cudgel to beat somebody with mm-hmm. so. I mean, are we really too above it to have that happen in the in the in the house chamber? Yeah, we're not. We're the worst. Um, however, Susan, uh, the people who voted voted with the Democrats, the four Republicans voted with the Democrats. Um, Susan Brooks from Indiana, Brian Fitzpatrick from Pennsylvania, Fred Upton from. Uh, Michigan and Will Hurd from Texas, along with newly independent Justin Amash. Interesting uh, that a PA representative voted in agreement when we had a different PA representative. Was that Mike Kelly? Yes. <laughs> oh, Mike Kelly. What did Mike Kelly say? Mike Sorry. Kelly went in front of cameras um, and said for some reason he thought this was a good plan. He um, said, you know, we're always talking about people of color. Whites of color. I'm white. I'm an Anglo-Saxon. I'm a person of color. Whites of color. <laughs> I, 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 at some point, and this is, this is part Isn't of Isn't white the absence of color and black is all the colors? Yes. That's this is why I don't, this is why I'm not a, like, I can't be religious. Because I feel like if there was a god, he would have hit that dude with lightning immediately at that <laughs> moment for saying something that stupid. You, like, you're, it's done. You're gonna get zapped because you're a dum-dum. But he didn't. So, there can't, it can't be real. <laughs> like, the these people, this is their argument. Like, Trump's approval rating with Republicans went up five points since he said this, oh, according yeah. to Pew. I remember seeing a CBS article about how um, Republic, like, they interviewed his supporters and they, and said, they said, this makes me like him more. This is why I voted for this him. This is I why I voted for him. I wanted him to you. say these things. Yeah. I wanted him to tell black women or people of color, just women of color who are from here, to go back to the places that they're from. This is this is racism cut and dry. Right? I like that there are literally three different races in this squad that he all implied don't belong in this country. The squad! So, like, literally Latina, a Latina woman, a Middle Eastern woman, and two black women. He implied they do not belong in this country. And that's just, that's well, great. they have to go back Literally and, only white people well, belong. Well, Katrina, the thing is, they need to go back and fix the crime-riddled countries that they were, that they uh-huh, came that from. That they came from. Um, before they start talking about American politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, um, go back to your country as one of the oldest racist things to say to someone. Right. If you think I grew up and no one told me go back to Africa, which, uh, good, where? <laughs> I don't, where? Like, this is something that people of color experience all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. It's old. It's super old. And that's, and the fact that they're just okay with it is just bonkers bananas. Like, 
it's not surprising because you don't vote for this guy without knowing that he does this and either killing off the part of yourself that thinks this is a bad thing or agreeing with it wholeheartedly. That's really what we have here, right? It's you're either com- you're either gung ho and like stoked on it. You're like, this is what I want. Let's do this. Hell yeah! You're either uh, enthusiastic. The South will rise again. Or you're either enthusiastic or you're complicit. Or you're complicit as fuck. Yeah. Or you are literally a person who's like, I mean, I know he says some stuff that I don't like sometimes, but we're getting those tax cuts. So yeah, like yeah, no. like Paul Ryan. Like Paul Ryan, that fucking spineless eel. He literally is the equivalent of an earthworm. You know, I honestly think, and I I hope... I don't like you, Paul Ryan. Because hopefully in the future things will be different. But I think think history will look back at this time um, similar to um, Nazi era, era in Germany. Where it's like, it's it's a time that um, everybody in Germany now, for the most part, hates and reviles and tries to, to better but themselves about. See, but that's the problem. We, we as a nation, I understand that. I agree that that's what would be great. We as a nation have not done that once. Why would we start doing that now? People are upset when we try to take Confederate monuments down because they say, well, we shouldn't yeah. We shouldn't get rid of our heritage. That's true. And I wonder if it will take something more extreme even than what is happening now to really to get that sort of thing universally condemned. It won't be. It won't be. This the, country, it, we will not, we do not allow it. We, be, because the problem is, it, it, it stems from not just, from every system that we have, including our education system, where we, in certain areas, because sometimes it's a sta- like state by state education, some yeah, areas. It's a cycle. It's a cycle because the politics get these people elected these people set the curriculum for their schools and that's it's just a cycle that we perpetuate this attitude of racism it really is and like southern superiority and white superiority and that whole system is just cycled throughout the south especially so and it's not just and i want to be clear it's not just the south I mean, at least in other states, we don't have the continuous... I mean, obviously, in states like Wyoming and Montana, it's also perpetuated. You're not Wyoming and Montana? Katrina calling you the fuck out. In states where we actually... Steve Bullock, are you going to come on this podcast and talk about what she just said? Sorry, go ahead. In in the other states, there tends to be more of a back and forth between Democrats and Republicans, or there are... Well, Democratic Steve Bullock states. was the governor of Montana. Right. Well, you mentioned Montana. Yeah, but... Mm, In fact, I want to see Brian, Montana's Brian, what was his name? What was his name? Brian, fuck, I can't remember his name, um, who was the governor of a red state. John Tester is the senator in Alabama. Uh, sorry, the senator in Montana. We got Doug Jones in Alabama. We do have some. But, but it's but not, when, but it's a, it's a, I understand. I when do the understand curriculum gets I'm just being set the, by, I'm just being the devil's advocate right. guy. When the curriculum is being set by these people, um, and they're teaching kids that the Civil War was over states' rights and um, uh, federal overreach, right. as opposed to what the actual Brian Schweitzer um, was the name I was looking for. Sorry, go ahead. What the actual Declaration of Secession said, the Secession Papers, which clearly laid out that 
they were seceding because of slavery. Yes. They, that's not what's taught. And honestly, in these seriously, states, it, it's literally a one step. It's a one step process. Uh, no, the war was fought over states' rights. Next question. States' rights to do what? Exactly. States' rights to do what? The war, I just can't fuck it. And it's it's not just the South. I've had I've had to have dumb arguments with people in Pennsylvania about this. Of course. By the way, Pennsylvania, you guys know what side you were on, right? <laughs> like, what what is this? With some Pennsylvania it's, citizens rolling it's around south with South versus North, but it's also rural versus urban. Right. And I agree. Rural areas feel um underrepresented, under How? funded, under How? Acknowledged, I guess. And then, you guys they, have, then they take on that attitude. You guys and, have most of the fucking state house state houses. Right, but they're also center. a lot poorer. Like they have a lot less resources and stuff like that. That breeds this attitude. And it's crazy because the Democratic side is more for helping people who are in this situation yeah, than the we Republican try, side. The Democrats, 100%. If you look at the, and that's why I fucking can't stand. I just, this, I've literally been like listening to like old Trump stuff all day, and it's been like just fueling my rage. I rage cleaned the, uh, the downstairs in the apartment, um, like the, the living room and the, in the middle room while you clean the, the, the kitchen. I was just rage cleaning because I fucking can't stand. It's just, so crazy how we allow ourselves to become divided at every moment because there's still this fucking racial animosity for because no goddamn reason. Because the Republicans use it. Yeah, they, they do. use it to blame minorities, especially for every problem that for exists. Problems. Yeah, what what person in Catawissa? Is having issues with immigrants, or as the um, or as the GPS calls it, Catawissa. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 immigrants are taking jobs from Catawissans? Like they're my, not. My but if you if I think if you asked a lot of residents of Catawissa, they're anti-immigration because they're taking jobs. Yeah. Right. What jobs? What jobs are they taking? They're taking you? all the jobs that Americans won't do. Yeah, so like, it's like, <laughs> like I, even though they, they don't they don't acknowledge the issues of like the opioid ec- epidemic, which are clearly affecting white people in their area. To be fair, we've had drug epidemics affect ev- like a lot exactly. of people. We only notice it when white people get affected by it. That's that's a very good. <laughs> it's really annoying. Yeah. Like no, no. A, a, for sure. a, a, a host of uh, people in the black community can die about die because of something, but mm-hmm. once it starts killing white people, we're like, holy shit, we need yeah. to deal with this right but, now. But they don't. They blame that on somehow Mexican heroin because yes! that's the other. What the right? fuck? You know what the problem is? It's, it's not. It's not it's, the rich people. It's, the it's fucking... not the rich pharmaceutical companies. It's Mexicans bringing heroin yeah. over. Yeah. Because it's, that's what they're told, and that's the easy thing to accept. Yeah. There's the enemy. It's easy for them, and that's that's how it goes. It's, and it's when really crazy... it's when really it's the pharma, pharmaceutical companies and doctors over prescribing opiates. Yes. It's yeah. not. It's like it's they left a trail of was, breadcrumbs for you to find. I was talking with a good friend of mine whose mother has um, back issues, right? So she's enrolled in Geisinger uh, Pain Management. Geisinger has her prescribed her three different opioids. 
<sighs> that she took to the pharmacy, and the pharmacist said, you cannot take all of these at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not something the doctor knew or thought about, apparently. The, this, this Which you'd think mother, a doctor would fucking right? know. Right? The woman's mother is, now that um, medical marijuana is legal in PA, is trying to get enrolled in that to mm-hmm. get on me- medical marijuana to deal with pain issues. The doctor from Geisinger told her, if you start taking medical marijuana, Geisinger does not support this, you will be kicked out of the pain, the, the pain management there. Yeah. So that, it's not just pharmaceuticals. It is the doctors who are getting paid by the pharmaceutical companies yes. to keep yes. these people addicted, to get these people on these drugs, paying this money, getting the insurance funds. Because they don't get money if you get medical marijuana. See, this su- this sucks because it sounds like a fucking crazy conspiracy theory. It is. But, but the, the thing is, it's verifiable. Yeah. It's verifiable. It's like, I can't remember if it's like the Saxler family. I can't remember what the name of the specific... But they are the absolute worst. Like, they helped this become mm-hmm. a fucking... Uh, epidemic. An epidemic. Epidemic. Mm-hmm. And they just wiped their hands with it. Like, they wiped their hands of it. Like, this had... We didn't. And, and it's a cyclical thing because, like, this woman has been working in factories her whole life. So she has back issues, of course. So it's poor people who've been working hard, doing manual labor jobs. And it's it's just a cycle that... Sackler. My apologies. Not Sackler. Sackler family. Purdue Pharmaceuticals. Right. Yeah. It's but it's just like it's a it's a poverty cycle. Another way that the system is keeping people down. And and when the system keeps someone down, the best way to conti- have them continue to stay down is to pit them against someone else that the system has kept down. Mm-hmm. So the system mm-hmm. will they, so these so the people of means, the people of power will pit you against whatever group they can yes. that's also on a similar level as you to make sure that you don't like ding ding oh shit it's them mm-hmm. <laughs> like and i think though i understand that the democratic party is not fucking perfect it never has been um at one point we we, we switched it up and we were the really fucking awful party and the republicans were cool remember that yeah <laughs> but then FDR's like, we should help people. He also put people into uh, internment camps, which isn't cool. But um, anyway, uh, I don't even remember what my fucking point was because I just made that thing and then I'm like, oh no. But people say like the uh, the Democrats and the Republicans are the exact same. And they're not. They're not. They're not. They are different parties. Yes, the Democrats, they still, There's still they corruption. take money from, they're, there's, there's corruption. There's still corruption, for sure. Ask uh, Senator Anthony Weiner, how much corruption there is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but they, they still, yes, they still take money from, from big banks. They still, uh, take money from big pharma, but they are more than willing to criticize when, for the most part, um, the, the, the prominent members of the party are more than willing to criticize, uh, large corporations when they're fucking up. Yeah. When they're, when they're fucking up and when they're doing stuff that really, like, puts the public health in danger or just puts the public in danger, they step up and say, this is not good. Mm-hmm. The Republican Party does not do that. I, for the most part, the Republican Party does not. The Republican Party sticks up for big business and on almost every fucking turn that they can. Mm-hmm. Can someone, can anyone, please, 
Can anyone even, like, like, just message me and tell me what Donald Trump did to fight the opioid epidemic that he said in his one, in one of his State of the Unions he was going to uh, deal with? Yeah, I think he's declared a national state of emergency, but I don't know. And then did what? Actual steps and then did fucking what? He, yeah. he seems to want to declare a national state of emergency about everything so he can divert funds to get a fucking wall. Like, what yeah. did you do for this? Yeah. What did you do for this? I would love to know. Mm-hmm. When we have candidates on the Democratic Governor side. Governor Wolf did a ton of stuff. Governor in Wolf. the state of Pennsylvania. Governor Wolf. He's instituted, like, databases um, that pharmacists and doctors can access to make sure that somebody's not getting prescribed from different doctors. Uh-huh. Like, uh, limits on, I think we only have a seven-day prescription you can get for opioids at this point. You can't get more than seven days at a time. Um, there are opioid centers set up, like um, Centers of Excellence, I think they're called, or something like that. To link you to resources, rehab program, like uh, there's this huge list of stuff Governor Wolf has done as a Democrat, taking action when there's this epidemic across our state. But like you said, what has Trump done? What has the president done? I don't think he instituted done? anything like that. Nationally. What has the president done? Yeah, because there are certainly things you can do, and we've shown, and it's helped in the state of PA. So yeah. why hasn't any of this been brought nationally? Well, because well, I'll say because if a Democrat thought this was a good idea the president obviously doesn't think it's a good idea um whether or not he knows about it or has looked into it or not um let's get back to the topic at hand though (laughs) which was uh the president now he had a rally in which he was talking about the squad and how he said they should go back to whatever countries they were from Mm -hmm. by the way they're from here all of them except for one who then became a naturalized citizen here Mm -hmm. um and you know how <laughs> at Trump rallies, people chant a bunch of fun stuff. Yeah, people like, chanting is always a great thing. People chanting's dope. We love chanting. Lock her up. <laughs> Lock her up. Jail yeah, her a, forever. That's Lock another thing I see her a lot in the handmaid's uh, What? Chanting. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah oh Yeah. Oh, man. Another commonality. No, anyway. it's not similar to... I gotta go. <laughs> um, so, uh, people at the Trump rally chanted um, in regards to... I'm guessing... Uh, Probably Il- Ilhan. Ilhan Omar. Omar. Yeah. Um, they chanted, send her back. Yeah. Um, to which the president, as they were chanting, did his fun thing where he walks away from the podium and just looks around and drinks it all in. Mm-hmm. And then continued speaking. Uh, when asked by a um, when asked by a, a media outlet um, why he didn't try to stop them, he said, "Oh, I did. I was. I tried to speak in order to stop them." Um, no. There's literally video proof of him walking the fuck away. I know lies don't matter to them, but it should to us. Like this is another thing. Like. Why are we talking about this? The president's racist all the time. Why are we talking about this? Yeah. Because we can't just let racism go uncommented. It's on. just It's annoying, but if yes, when the president does racist stuff, we do actually have to talk about it. <laughs> it's it's dumb and annoying because he does it all the time, and honestly, we should have like four episodes a fucking week. But seriously, like we can't not talk about it when the president's racist, right? Like we just can't. Um I think we need to talk about how the people who voted for him and those who are going to vote for him again 
um, are destroying our country. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're, like you said, they're complicit or they're enthusiastic racists. And those who pretend they're not, uh, get your head out of your ass. Before we, yeah, I agree. But I would like to. So Trump said, like, he, you know, he... Did his, I disavow. I don't believe in the sure, things sure. that those people right. said. Um, then he reversed, backtracked on that, um, saying, uh, quote, you can't talk that way about our country, not when I'm president. These women have said horrible things about our country and the people of our country. Keep in mind, I'm pretty sure he wrote a book called American Carnage, and his slogan was Make America Great Again, saying that it wasn't great. So, um, anyway, he also uh, tweeted that it was, quote, amazing how the fake news media became crazed over the chance send her back by a packed arena, a record, because, of course, got to tout those numbers, dog, Um, a record crowd in the great state of North Carolina, but is totally calm and accepting of the most vile and disgusting statements made by the three radical left congresswomen. He obviously forgot that he was upset with four of them mm-hmm. um, and just Probably dropped Presley. just dropped one off of the map entirely. Probably forgot about Presley. <laughs> well, I mean, like, nowadays everybody want to talk and they got something to say, but nothing comes out and they move the lips. It's a bunch of gibberish. You motherfuckers ask me you forgot about Presley. That was a long joke that I really wanted to do and I regret <laughs> doing right now. <laughs> I, I, oh. I did it and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> so... Uh, the send her back chat. I have a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the president said that these women should go back. By the way, I let's just take apart the let's take out the part where we know that they are from here and citizens of this country and are trying to make this country better. Let's just take that part out. The president said that these women need to go back to their countries to fix their countries. Right. Right. And the president says if they don't like where they are right now. They can just leave, right? Right. What's he doing for people seeking asylum from countries that are um, war-torn or have a lot of corruption and... Go back and fix your own country. How can you have both? How You can't do both, right? You can't say, no, if you don't same. like it here, leave. It's the same. No. It's the not. same. Is. He said, if you don't like it here, leave. If you don't like it in the U.S., oh, oh, leave and fix the other countries. That you're from? You can't leave those countries. You can't leave those countries. No, you have to You can only leave the countries. U.S. You can yes. only leave the U.S. And you can't fix the U.S. because we're perfect. Exactly. Because now that he's exactly. president. Because exactly. we weren't perfect before. Exactly. Okay. You got it. <laughs> you figured it out. Oh, my God. I feel like I just... <laughs> I feel like I just... Like, won this horrible escape room of racism. (laughs) Like, this guy's fucking bananas. It's, I mean, and it must be worse for you, but it's so hard. And it's the reason I didn't initially want to be a part of this podcast. It's so hard to focus on this stuff and get so in-depth on this stuff. Because it, it honestly just hurts. Like, it yeah. hurts as a person. It hurts my soul. Well, I mean... It's you- <laughs> it's depressing. It, like, it, it makes my anxiety high. Mm-hmm. It stresses me out. It's... Obviously, nothing I do is going to change. That's not true. <laughs> it is I true. Think that, I think that this podcast has changed 
a, a lot of minds. You know what our latest review of this podcast is? Yeah, I do. <laughs> this, that person listened to this podcast, and that person went, God, I should go watch CNN. I hate them. <laughs> yeah. But it's... Like, we have to talk about it, because it's terrible, but it's not unexpected. It's not new. It's not different. We are living in a world where we have an incredibly racist, sexist president hell-bent on just doing whatever it takes to stay in power. I don't think I don't think he's really hell-bent on anything else. Like he's not hell-bent on bringing down the country or really no. he's not I don't, I don't, I don't think, think the US any, is on his fucking radar. I don't think there's any issue that he's really so passionate about like I think he uses the immigration issue because he sees that it works yeah. and keeps him in power I don't think he really cares I think this is he's just seen that this is an issue that works to keep him in power keep his supporters happy which he thinks will keep him in power and that's that's all it is we've got a power hungry racist misogynist in charge who will do whatever whenever because he has no scruples no morals mm. uh and There's nothing that he had like. Remember, like a couple weeks ago, where I'm like, actually, like, maybe a month or so, a couple months maybe. But when I was like, I believe that he actually wants to get him uh, get infrastructure passed. Yeah. Remember I how dumb I fucking was? Where I'm like, oh, I mean, I think because I think this is something that he's mentioned before, and I'm like, I think he actually wants to do this. No, I'm a I'm a dumb dumb because for one second, because for one second, I forgot. What was going on, yeah. right? Like, you're absolutely right. This sucks. Every week, having to dissect another fucking super racist thing the president did. And because it's it's irresponsible to not talk about how racist the president is. It's fucking awful. Um, but in that moment, I'm like, I think for like one moment, I'm like, I have a, I have a, pre- he's the president. So this is normal. <laughs> like, yeah. he's the president. He wants to get certain things done as the president. Just completely forgetting that we essentially elected, and by we, I mean less than half of the country, elected a, a, a guy who is essentially the... Remember the Etch-A-Sketch thing from Romney? That's real here. He's really that. It's the last person in the fucking room who played with the Etch-A-Sketch gets to decide what's going to happen. Or, what happened on Fox and Friends? Like, that's that's who decides American policy. All he cares about is winning. Being whatever, whatever that means to him. winning. Whatever, whatever that means yeah, to him. Yeah, exactly. Whatever that means to him. None of these issues matter. None of these people matter. It's just about him being a winner. And how do you combat that? There's, there's, you, you, you don't, you can't play to his human side. He doesn't have You one. can't appeal to anything like that. You can't it's appeal just, to humanity when it doesn't exist. When he's got smart, evil people telling him this I mean, works. Hang on. Let's relax with smart. You don't have to be smart to know that racism plays well with certain people. These people are smart. I don't, I don't, I won't say that his advisors aren't smart. I don't, well, he doesn't listen to a lot of his advisors. That's true. (laughs) Like, that's the thing. I don't, 
I will say this. I, I'm not like trying. To, I won't denigrate people in, in uh, when it comes to their intelligence, just because I think Ted Cruz is an evil genius. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very smart, evil person. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that the people that Trump surrounds himself with are smart because he surrounds himself with people, and the smart people sometimes say, "Hey, Mr. President, this isn't actually a good idea," and he gets rid of those fucking people. That's true. <laughs> like he definitely I, started with smart people around him, but I don't know if there are any left. <laughs> like literally, dude. What when we say when we have to say the voice of reason at the table right now is, not, and I'm not saying not right now. I'm saying at the moment was Mad Dog Mattis. Like, that's fucking crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) Like, there's no, like, there's, I don't necessarily, I I think that he, I think at the beginning people are like, surround yourself with smart people. Surround yourself with people who will give you good, conservative um, ideas and how, and, and ways to push those conservative ideas. And then he went, I'd rather stick a fence instead. Mm-hmm. Can I please just get a big room of yes men? And I'll be real stoked on that. So you think now he just gets his ideas from Fox? Yes! <laughs> I think he gets his ideas from Ugh. from his morning dose of Fox and friends and his nightly fucking talks with Sean Hannity. Good. He, I think he stopped listening to Tucker Carlson, which is great. Because Tucker Carlson's a fucking horrible, misogynist, racist fucking pile of nonsense. But... Tucker Carlson at one point criticized him. So he's like, no, I'd rather listen to Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity. <laughs> Which, honestly, as foreign po- uh, sorry, as um, as national policy advisors is horrifying. Yeah. But that's who we have. I think getting him out of office is pretty important. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Al Green. Um, a representative proposed um, starting impeachment proceedings. Uh, that did not pass the House, but we did have a lot of people in the House that were for it. We had, uh, it was over well, it 90. It, what happened, they didn't actually vote on whether to start impeachment. It was like the idea was... Well, they were having the debate and then the it was they, it was voted on to close the debate. But yeah. 90-some voted against closing that debate essentially signifying they are part of the they are for impeachment right right now and some of the people that voted including katie porter um from california who has said she is for impeachment Mm -hmm. um voted to table the discussion so you still have people that voted to table the discussion that are in the impeachment camp um what do you think it looks like for us to bring this up and not get it done. I think it's important to bring it up. Um, I think it's better than doing nothing, like I've said before. Yeah. You can't just completely let him slide on all his crimes. But, I don't know. I mean, right now I'm feeling pretty pessimistic, so it's just like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was there. I was yeah. with you. I but was, I, I would I was say, where I definitely you were. Want I think it needs to have the support of the House leadership, though. Without without Pelosi's support, it's it's a futile. So, do you think she'd stand in the way of it? She is standing in the way of it. No, she isn't. Let me. She isn't standing in the way of it. She's not whipping votes against it. She's just not whipping votes for it. Do you think if it comes that naturally, more votes come up that 
uh, support it, do you think she will try to stand in the way of it? Yes. Why? I don't think she wants to do... Uh, I don't think she wants impeachment right now. I think... Um, I think she thinks it's the wrong choice, and I think she will stand in the way of any movement to bring impeachment up. I don't think you're right. I think... Uh, now, we are going to have Robert Mueller testify. Uh, he was supposed to testify on my birthday, which would have been just an amazing fucking two for a birthday present where I get to see Hamilton and Robert Mueller on my birthday. But I guess I have to wait until uh, this, uh, you know, next week or this week or whatever the fuck people are listening to. This. Um, but I think that's when you're really going to see what's going to come of this. Because I think that Nancy Pelosi, if there are the votes, she's not going to, like, stop the... Pre- like, if, if if there are the votes, I think she'll bring it up. Let's hope. I think that she will. Um, but you do have a lot of... I think she of... needs to do work to get the votes. So she, no, no. She, she why would she whip votes for something she doesn't necessarily... You already said that you don't think that she wants it. Why would she whip votes for something That's that she exactly doesn't want? That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, she she doesn't have to whip those votes. She other people have to do the work to whip those votes. What's going to happen? I think is we're going to see Robert Mueller testify. We're going to see um, congressional people go home to their districts, and what you need are people to pressure them to fucking go and get this done. Go and uh, pressure the uh, impeachment inquiry, because you're right. We had talked about this previously. You're right that if anything, uh, like worst case scenario, this is a bad look for Donald Trump. Yes, the Senate is going to clear him regardless, but we can still call witnesses. We can have people speak on behalf, uh, on what he has done, and he is not going to look good mm-hmm. in a very. And it's going to be a media circus about how bad he is. Um, I still have my reservations about what could potentially happen when the Senate's like, he's fine. Um, but I do think that overall media coverage should not be good for him in the, in that, in that aspect. So you are going to, I, I, I think it's the job of the people to say, this is what we want because you have moderate Democrats who are in districts that they're like, I don't think my people want this and I don't want to lose my election by jumping into something that I think is bad, that I think could be negatively benefit, like that could negatively uh, hit me. So you need to make sure that people are going and fucking telling these people, telling these moderate uh, Democrats and districts, uh, this is what needs to happen. Go do this. Go do this now. I don't think that's Nancy Pelosi's job. I, I, I think that's the definition of her job. Her, the definition of her job is not to fight for stuff that she doesn't believe in. And if she doesn't believe in impeachment, though I disagree with her, that's not her job to force people to, to force her members to do it. But if her members have the votes and she decides to not bring it up, then as a speaker, I will lay that squarely at her feet. As a Speaker of the House, and the House's responsibility is to impeach oh, the President when he commits high crimes or misdemeanors this is absolutely her fucking job because she's already said she thinks his acts are criminal so yeah i, I think i'm with you on that i definitely think that uh 
her wording of events is not helpful for her if she's trying to, like, stay in the background going, well, we'll just let the process play out and whatever happens, she's happens. She's the process. Exactly. It, yeah. She put it that way when she said that his acts were criminal. Yep. So I'll give you that. I, I was looking at it in a scope of, in, like, a lens of her not saying that. I'll, I'll admit, that was my bad. Um, but with that, yes. If she, if she truly thinks that his acts were criminal, then yes. She should be whipping votes for uh, for his impeachment. Mm-hmm. But she also has a larger duty to look out for her members. That's just truthfully one of that's one of her jobs <laughs> is to look out for her members. And I think she's trying to be fair to her more moderate members uh, in the House and not force them to take a stand on this when they think it's going to negatively affect them in an election. That said, I don't... I used to think it would. I don't think it will now. I don't think it will. He is... Unpo- no, and and keep in mind, we keep I keep seeing stupid fucking articles. It's like, Donald Trump's uh, approval rating has gotten to the highest it's ever been. And it's like still like 45. <laughs> like it's 45 or lower. So maybe I'll let's all calm the fuck down. I looked at five thirty eight. His average is still like forty two some forty two points. I'm like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, I, I I get I see because I was in the this will be a negative for us. Um, the then I I do see myself seeing both sides of this, where I see that Nancy Pelosi is you know she doesn't necessarily think it's a good idea from and and I trust. Her years of experience in her in her position to kind of know how things are and how things are. So she should know not to do an interview with Marine Dad where she calls out members of her own. <laughs> she should party. fucking know that for sure. She should know that. Absolutely, I agree wholeheartedly. She should have known because that's what this huge firestorm. That's but how it started. That's how this entire firestorm started because she decided to do an interview with Marine Dad and essentially disparage these people. Yeah. Essentially, talk down about these people. So you're absolutely right about that. Um, but I understand where she's like, I don't necessarily want to go forward with impeachment. I understand the more liberal members of Congress going, we fucking have to. And I'm at this point, I'm on their side. We do fucking have to. Um, so it's a question of. I think I want to wait until after. Um, Mueller speaks in front of Congress and what he specifically says whether we just make him read <laughs> the Mueller report in its entirety and then answer dumbass Republican questions like uh, I can't think of any dumb thing they're going to say but they're going to say stupid stuff mm-hmm. well, what about Peter Strzok. Nope, that's and, exactly what they're going to talk about. Yeah. What about Peter Strzok? He hated the president. You had people who hated the president on your... Well, actually, that was, he was from the FBI, wasn't he? Yeah. You had people who hated the president on your staff. <laughs> Fuck you fucking... How can he obstruct justice when there was no crime, no collusion? You said so yourself in your report. No, I didn't. Like, I just... That's what, I, that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. I'm waiting for these dumb people to make him answer questions... That will hurt them. Hopefully. And I think then these members of Congress need to make a fucking decision. Because we can't, let's just be real. We can't impeach the president, like, during the 
election cycle, essentially. Yeah. We can't, right? Like, we just can't. If, it, if we don't do it after this testimony, we're not doing it. Exactly. I think that's the, I think that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a finite amount of time. I say, like, by August 31st, maybe September 30th. That's the deadline. After that, we can't impeach the president. And we have to live with that. And the question is, did we go down fighting or did we go down doing nothing? Mm-hmm. And we should fucking fight this guy. Because <laughs> he's bad and it doesn't take too too long to figure out how bad he is. He's a real dumb dumb. Um, I'm going to move to our final topic. Yeah. All right. The debates! <laughs> I didn't have a uh, an echo machine. Um, the debates are coming up. We are going to have another two-night debate slobber knocker between 20 candidates. Uh, slobber knocker? That's a, that's a wrestling term. Okay. <laughs> I think it's like... Dirty. No, no. I think it's like when you punch someone in the face and their slobber gets... like You knock the slobber around, I think is what it was. I don't know. Don't don't ask me questions. I'm pretty sure slobbing the knob is a sexual. That's a that. Whoa! I didn't say that. Jesus! You use those two words together. Whoa! Whoa! Oh my god! Anyway, <laughs> so CNN. Uh, speaking of jerking yourself off, CNN. I'm kidding. That's not that. Anyway, CNN decided to do a. Um, a draft style event for AC 360. I have a quick question. Do you think any of the people that were doing it wanted to do it? Do you think any of like, the people? The yes. Do you think they were in that room like, this is a great idea? I mean, they probably thought they were going to get paid, so they were okay with it. <laughs> this was embarrassing. Yep. This was, I watched this and I'm like, what am I? Why is, what? Yeah, it was ridiculous. I couldn't... This was so dumb. Yep. This was really dumb. It could I didn't have been even, fine. Just literally just do it. Just tell us. Honestly, just tell us. That's what I NBC don't even, did. That was great. What? That's what NBC did, and that was great. They yeah, that's told. what NBC did. They just told us, here's what... Here's the, the DNC did this, and here these people are. Yep. And... I, do, I think they wanted to, like, be transparent. They wanted to be like, sure, we're not... Sure, I'm, they wanted to be transparent. I, not make money off of this. No, 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 Yeah, they did. But I think they also wanted to be like, we didn't make someone go against someone else. We didn't not put these two people on the stage together. Transparency pro- was their excuse. It wasn't their actual reason. Oh, no, I agree. You're right. Yeah. You're right. But anyway, yeah. I didn't even watch... They, they, they split it into three and... I didn't even watch the last four. I'm like, fuck this. I'll just wait until they tell me it later. <laughs> like, because it's so dumb. It was so fucking stupid. Um, but however dumb they are, they gave us our debate lineup. So I will give you the debate lineups on July 30th. We will have. What day of the week is that? July 30th, I believe, is a Wednesday. It is a Tuesday. July 30th is Tuesday. Tuesday. July 31st is Wednesday. Um, so, July 30th, we will have Marianne Williamson 
uh, Crystals and all. John Delaney, John Hickenlooper, Tim Ryan, Steve Bullock, who essentially is the only difference in this debate, yep, replacing, replacing Eric Swalwell. Swalwell, who had the common decency to stop fucking running for president. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, Beto O'Rourke, Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders. On July 31st, we will have Jay Inslee, Kirsten Gillibrand, Tulsi Gabbard, Michael Bennett, Bill de Blasio, Cory Booker, Andrew Yang, Julian Castro, Kamala Harris, and Joseph... What was it? Beaumont? Beauregard? Robin... Oh, Robinette! Robinette Biden. So... So again, again, day two is obviously the exciting debate again. Well, yeah, we want to see if Kamala Harris hits Joe Biden in the mouth again. But not not only that, besides Marion Williamson, it's got the exciting... Well, uh, Marion Williamson on the 30th. I know, that's what I'm saying. Besides Marion Williamson, it's got all the exciting uh, unimportant candidates, I think. See, that's... So, 31st, you're going to see a lot of Bill de Blasio screaming at Joe Biden, yeah. right? We've got, like, wait, are literally all of the people of color on day two? Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, day one is uber white. white <laughs> day white, one is white, white, day white. one is the white day. The, they yeah. whited out day one. Um, and then day two, we have all of the people of color. They get to. They all get to share that. Plus thing. Joey. <laughs> well, I mean, also plus Jay and Kirsten and Michael and Bill. <laughs> so well, it's like half. It's like half. Jo- Joe's got his buddy Michael Bennett on the stage to help him out, and then Michael Bennett's else, not his buddy. Is he his buddy? I think the way he debated last time was. Uh, well, I think it's be- things Joe Biden. Well, I think it's because he doesn't want to push the party too far to the left. And he sees Joe Biden. If Joe Biden's going to be the winner, he's probably... I think he, if he does drop out, he'll probably endorse Joe Biden. I think you're probably no right. No Just because he doesn't want that, like... He doesn't want to see the party go too far to the left because he truly believes that that is going to be the uh, linchpin to get yeah. uh, Donald Trump reelected. Day two is going to be another fucking... Firestorm, I think. Because well, we've got we've got Cory Booker and I was gonna William ask what are the Castro, ma- yeah 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 who need to make who need to fight in this debate to make it to the next one to get to the third yeah so and because the third's more stringent than the second right Biden and Harris are gonna be there Warren and Sanders are gonna be there probably Buttigieg is gonna be there and honestly Booker Castro and maybe Klobuchar are and Beto O'Rourke are the only ones that really have a shot of making it at this point. So they've, those four candidates are going to be loud and pushing in, I think, a lot in these debates. But uh, Castro and Booker um, in that second debate are going to have a lot of other personalities to push up against. So there's going to be a lot of interrupting. I think a lot of talking over other people, yelling. It's going to be loud. That's that's just how I feel. What do you think? I think you're probably right. Especially, I mean, I say this because you're looking at debate night two. You have Kirsten Gillibrand who tried to yep. push herself into, um, into each moment yeah. of the debate. You have uh, Bill, de Bill de Blasio who just screamed his way 
to to pro, like to being recognized. Um, so I think you're definitely gonna see. Uh, I mean, I'm if I'm looking at an, a, like a matchup, I'm gonna definitely like you're looking, these people are trying to get to the third debate. Third debate's gonna be much harder to get to, so you're gonna see them take shots at who they think they need to take shots at to get to that point. Right. So I think that you're gonna see um, these people try to chip away at um, Joe Biden's supporters because though Joe Biden fell from his, I guess, presumptive spot, yep. he still is the front runner, right? So I think you're going to see some of them go after Joe Biden. I think you're going to see some of the more moderate people who are trying to stay alive go after Kamala Harris. Um, So it's going to be very interesting. Um, I'm wondering who... I'm I'm wondering if we're going to see a stronger showing from Andrew Yang, who I thought in the first one was super tame. Because we all... No one thought of the fucking Williamson wild card who was just going to go straight up nuts (laughs) on a fucking debate. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> so so I am very interested in seeing that. I do like I said, I really want to see what um how t- I want to see how Tulsi Gabbard um debates with Joe Biden because you know that the Iraq war is going to be brought up a bunch. I think she's going to try to pin him to that very hard and try to look like the strong candidate in there who is the strong um anti-war candidate versus everybody else. I think she can do that by, you know, going right at Joe Biden for his vote. Uh, I think I think that's what her game plan is, and I think that's going to be a, a huge matchup. Yeah, that's a possibility for sure. Mm-hmm. What about night one? What do you see? I mean, in- night one is all about Bernie versus Warren. That's. Do you think that they're going to go after each other? I don't. I don't know. I think the moderators are going to try to make them go after each other. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think the moderator is going to bring up that tweet that um, that uh, Bernie sent out. Yeah. Uh, saying that the centrists were choosing Warren or whatever. Uh, corporate, not, not the, the corporatists were choosing Warren, blah, 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 blah. I think they're going to bring that up and see if they can pit some fight in there. I but, definitely think they're going to try to start a fight there. For yeah. sure. For sure. I just don't think that they have anything to gain by going after each other. Bernie does. Bernie does, but what is he... He doesn't have too much of a, like, space... Like, with Warren, like, too much space between policy ideals where he can effectively attack her. What what does he attack her on? Medicare for all, she agrees with him. Bringing up Big Ben, she agrees with him. Um, like, uh, her healthcare plan... Like, like, sorry, like I said, Medicare, Medicare for all. Um, student loan debt reduction, she agrees with him. Like, there's no specific policy argument that that exists there. Right. So I don't know how... Because like, I, I do think he probably wants to. He's fallen into, like, third, fourth territory. Yeah. So, yeah, it's bad for him. And he's got his opportune time to go after her. But the question is, on what? What could he possibly do that on? Yeah. And is it going to be something that is from, like, current or is he gonna because she used now elizabeth warren um it's widely known uh she was a republican in like the 90s and the 80s i believe yeah so it might be something that he has to pull and he's gonna pull from there but is it gonna is it gonna be as effective as um harris's fucking slingshot on busing no 
No, nothing was going to be like that. No. It'll it'll be pretty quiet. They'll go after each other as much as they can. But Again, what is war? Think, does I still war- think that, yeah, even saying that, it's going to be quiet. There's not going to be a lot of attacking unless Bernie really goes crazy. Because both of them can just be... <laughs> both of them can be pretty quiet. You know, just state their, their little blurbs and they'll be fine. So... I, and it's interesting because a lot of the backup candidates are going to probably be attacking the two of them. Do you think that we're going to finally have the fight that we've all been waiting for, which is Elizabeth Warren's plans versus Marianne Williamson's whatever the fuck she has? Are we going to are we going to hash this out? On national television. <laughs> because Marianne Williamson in the first debate took a clear shot at Elizabeth Warren saying, we can all have plans. By the way, I don't think she was on the same debate stage as her. Um, but she's like, no, oh, we all have plans, but Donald Trump didn't win with plans. He won with Make America Great Again. So what we need is a dope-ass slogan. <laughs> like, do you think that we're going to have... Do you think that... W- do you think that Warren's going to punch down? No. You don't think she's going to punch no. down? It? I don't think so either. I think no. that she's too disciplined. She's. You have to be kind of disciplined to have a billion plans about everything that she's you want to do. She's already seen that punching, punching down, down towards Trump already hurt her. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think she's going to be doing that at all. No, that makes sense because now she's in a position right now where uh, she... Has been, you know, she she got over the whole punching down thing, yeah. right? She got over punching down against Trump, and she is now uh, in, you know, solid second place, pushing on first. So I think she's not gonna let that um, uh, moment go. She's not. She's <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna get so mad. She's not gonna throw away her shot. your fault honestly like i'm i'm not interested in watching the first debate (laughs) really yeah i I was interested last time i was interested last time in the first debate because booker and castro were there and i love them um but i think this first one is gonna be super boring katrina the wonderkins are there pete Buttigieg and beto o'rourke my do, question, do you think someone's going to try to take Beto down some more? I mean, he is proven as an effective punching bag. Yeah. In the sense that, like, I don't know if he's ever had to come up with any sort of, like, defense against any policies he's had, or any votes he's taken, mm-hmm. or any positions that he's held. And he proved in that first debate that he has none. There are no, there is nothing that he can, like, he just doesn't have anything. Yeah. That people will tear him limb from limb. And you also saw in the first debate Pete Buttigieg get some haymakers thrown at him for um, the shooting in South Bend. Yeah. And though I, though I still, it's difficult, my, my, my views have changed a little bit, but I still think he came out, like, kind of like a winner on that night in the sense that. Oh, he, no, yeah, I think yeah. so. But, but. He's proven that he there's something he can't talk about that you can take shots at him with as well. I don't think that'll be brought up again. You don't? No, I don't. I mean, 
I'm I'm looking at the roster on that night, and I think the only person that would bring something like that up would be Beto O'Rourke. And I don't think I don't think he's go I don't think he's going to. So I think you're probably right. Um, do you think, based on night one, based on the people that are there, do you think that it's going to be a lot of like moderates fighting the two top progressive candidates yeah, that are there? That's what I said. Yeah. Okay. Like, who do you? So. There are going to be people, there are people who are going to be fighting for their spot mm-hmm. um, in the third debate. And the best way to get attention is to punch up. Punch up, punch, punch at the big, punch at the big guns. That's what I think will happen. I will say this: I think because Steve Bullock wasn't in the first one, I think he knows. You know, he's got to get in the third. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot from. I think you're going to see a lot of attempts from Steve Bullock. That's very possible. To, to try to make his case, because he didn't get to make his case for the nation in the first debate. And I think it'll be interesting, because like you said, a lot of Bernie and Warren's positions are the same. So it'll be interesting when one of the lower candidates attacks one of their positions, maybe they'll kind of tag team. Yeah, will they, yeah, exactly. Will they, will they work together in a sense to keep the riffraff down yeah. against each other? Because they're still fighting for similar ideals. Yeah. That would be nice to see. I think I, I agree. I think that's fair. I so <laughs> um, I know this is one of those you know stupid punditry things, but we're a drunk podcast. I'm drunk. So, who do you think comes out on top in debate one? Warren. Warren comes out on top. Yeah. I think she came out on top in, in debate in debate one last time too, yeah. mm-hmm. um, along with Julian Castro. He was on that debate stage as well. Yeah, but he didn't really gain as much. He didn't. Long I don't lasting support from that. Long lasting, yeah, but I think he got more traction than yeah. Warren did in the sense that Warren was already near the top, right? And but she stayed near the top. He went from no one knew him to some people know him. Yeah. So I'd he say didn't he didn't go up in the polls. Yes, he did. Did he? How much? Not a lot, <laughs> but he went up. Did he get to two percent? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Oh no. <laughs> we gotta look that up later. I can't do it now. Um, what about? Uh, I will. I'll probably. I, I'd say that you're probably right. We're gonna see Elizabeth Warren. Night um, two is gonna be interesting. Who do you think comes out on know. night two? Do you think now Kamala no, Harris? I don't think Harris is going to attack Biden again. And that was her. That was her. Uh, that was her winning moment. To attack him, as right. as well as as well as throughout the debate, she was the one who was in command of the d- debate. Right. She silenced everybody by saying, you know, the cheddar food fight line, all fucking locked and loaded. She has things that she can't use in the second debate that she used in the first. Right. I think she. Well, this will be a quieter debate from her. People know her now, so it's a better chance for her to get who she is as a candidate across. But I don't think she's going to attack Biden again because I don't think it's a winning strategy to continuously go after him. I think she no. got her point across with what she did. There's no need to try to beat him down. But she still has to take his the supporters. Like for you him. said, though, other people are going to be trying to take Biden down. Right, but well. she. But why would she want his support? The people who support him That's to go to those. That's not how people. it's going to go. She, That's not how it's going to go. That's you know, just not. If, if Bill de Blasio attacks Biden and it works, people aren't going to rally behind Bill de Blasio. Look. They'll see Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris putting across a great argument and debate, 
and saying, you know, maybe I should switch over to her. She seems I mean, like a better choice. You are, you are totally discounting future President Bill de Blasio. Right. <laughs> I'm just ready for this de Blasio administration. I'm going to call it right now. De Blasio's going to win this fucking debate. <laughs> what do you think? I think that... See, I don't know. Um... I think I, Castro and Booker might attack Biden, which gives Kamala, Kamala plenty of room to do her thing without mucking up. Like I think what you're going to see, if he... Now, this is my question. It depends on how much time each person gets, obviously. But I will say, if he can articulate his message and show people who he is at, like what he is actually about. I think you can actually see Cory Booker walk away the winner of this debate, especially if he gets to have his moment against Joe Biden, whom he's had issues with um, when it comes to the segregationist um, senator uh, conversation. Um, I do think that you will see, I, I think that's gonna come up just because Biden name dropped him. So he didn't get to, go after him the last one i think he'll get to make he'll get to get that chance but i think he definitely needs to provide a clear message of what he is in this election for and what he is fighting for um but i think you can pot you can i i would posit that um cory booker can definitely come out on top in this debate i think you have some great debaters that are in this i think that um, Kamala Harris has proven to be a commanding debater. She commands a room, you listen when she speaks, and she can get everybody else to shut the fuck up. I think Julian Castro can pick his moments and win in his moments as long as he's on issues that he knows. And I think Cory Booker is an excellent speaker, but sometimes doesn't say anything. So I think if he has, like, a rich story to tell... And a and actual ammunition against his opponents. I think you can see Cory Booker walk out with a, as the winner of this debate. Mm -hmm. That's optimistic. I don't. I, that's just. I don't know. I don't know who's gonna win. But if I would say who's gonna win, because I don't. I'm agreeing with you. I don't think uh, Kamala Harris is gonna be as aggressive, and I think it's gonna be hard for her to like command that room when she can't. You can't use a back pocket line again when everyone's arguing you can't do that again otherwise you're the gimmicky candidate so she's not going to do that again and you're i think you're right that she's not going to go after biden too much again because it might have political ramifications if she continues to go after biden though you know he's wrong but she is a she's politically savvy she knows if you do continue to go after him it might be hard Cory Booker hasn't had that shot yet. Yeah. And, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm with you there. I think that, I think that Kamala's going to be a little bit more reserved. So I think that that opens the door for uh, Cory Booker to walk in and kind of punch his way to the top of this, uh, to top of the debate. I will say Castro, I hope, I hope so much um, climbs the top, but. I'd say if I was if I was a betting man, I'd I'd put my money on Cory Booker to be the one who, after the debate, media outlets and the public would say, he's the one I, I his his uh, views resonated with me the most. Interesting. We'll have to see. We will definitely have to see. Well, 
I mean, that's all that we got. Uh, is there anything that's coming up that you want to talk about? No. Okay. <laughs> I implore everyone to, um, when Bob Mueller talks to Congress, uh, it's probably going to be televised. You might be at work. I don't know, sneak, take a sick day or um, uh, or listen to it. You can probably find it on, like, um, C-SPAN, uh, mobile. Listen to it. It's very important that we hear the horrible shit that Donald Trump has done. Mm-hmm. And it's very important that we know that and we think about that. And that's on our minds going forward because the President of the United States is fucking awful. And it shouldn't be a partisan issue to say that. Justin Amash, who voted against 9-11 funding, (laughs) knows that. Mitt Romney, who also is a fucking the worst, knows that. We should all know that. Let's pay attention and let's do something about it. Uh, Thanks for listening to Alcoholitics. Uh, for your host, Katrina Myricks, I am Terrain Myricks. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>